Hey, thanks for tuning into this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. There's a lady that goes into a police station along with her friend Tracy, her neighbor, to report her husband missing. The policeman says, now miss, give me a full description of your husband so we know. She goes, well, he's 35 years old, has beautiful wavy hair, deep olive complexion, crystal clear blue eyes, an athletic build. He's softly spoken and ever so romantic. Hang on a minute, says Tracy. Your husband is 48 years old, overweight, bald, with a big mouth, and has no romantic bone in his body. The lady says, yeah, but who wants him back? Wow. That missus was looking for a change. That poor, that poor old hubby didn't know what it was coming, but somebody say this with me. He's on shaky ground, (laughs) right? He's on shaky ground. And, uh, we live in shaky times, don't we? We live in shaky times in which, uh, we ourselves, we live in an unstable world that is looking for more, looking for something different, looking for something that they're not finding. And I find this interesting because as I bring this message here this morning that's entitled, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. I want to bring your uh, attention to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10. I want to start with this thought here because 2 Peter 3.10 tells us, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Now don't let that concern you. If you are a believer, that should not concern you because everybody that lives for Jesus will live with him for eternity. We live with a blessed hope that he's coming back again. We live with a hope that he will return again now. For some people, you may be worried or concerned, but it's not bad news that he's coming back. It's good news that he's coming back because everything that, that, that we know to be frail and fragile will be destroyed. But one thing will always remain. Look at me. The word of God will never pass away. God's word will never pass away. And he's looking for his people to stand on that today. A lot of people are standing on shaky ground. Like that husband, shaky ground. But I'm telling you today, those who live for Jesus will not be shaken. We stand, we stand on the firm foundation, amen? We stand on firm ground, firm foundation. But see, not everything that we experience is bad news, friend. I'm not a doom and gloom guy, I'm an optimistic. I see the glass half full. I see the glass half full when I see people. That's a good thing, right? To see the glass half full is a good thing. And so I I encourage you today to look at the scriptures with the glass half full, not half empty. God wants to show you that there is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to be made available to you. To keep you in a place that keeps you unshaken. 
That keeps you sturdy. Most people want to follow Jesus, but they lack the biblical principles. And that's what this does right here. It gives us the principles we need to follow God. And so as we walk through Proverbs together, and like I said this last week, I'll say it again this week. I've never done a series like this. This series is intense. I've, I've studied, I've looked, and I've grazed all kinds of commentaries to, to get the best content to cover chapters upon chapters to put it in a condensed 30 minutes or less form. And it's very difficult at times to put these chapters in a small form. But allow me the privilege to do that. Because Proverbs has layers upon layers. But there are corresponding themes with the book. There are themes to the book. And I want to un- un- unpack that a little bit here today. Much of the content has to do with our faith. Much of the content has to do with how, how we respond. How we act and how we react. Proverbs is a constant, this is your option, right here or right here. This is one option, this is one option. And there's that constant flow, and like I talked about in part one, if you haven't listened to last week's message, I encourage you to go and listen to last week's message, part one of the series, I Pity the Fool. That was the name of the message. I Pity the Fool. Listen to that message and find out that, that, that I really do pity the person that walks in the way of the foolish man. Because the reality of scriptures can, can change how you see things. It can change how you approach things. And so one of the most important themes of Proverbs is learning to pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Desiring to learn even if by our mistakes. How many know you can learn sometimes more from your mistakes than you do your, your successes? Right? It's important that we learn from our failures as well as our successes. And when we learn from our failures, we, we allow an opportunity not to repeat them. And that's very important. See, we talked about chapter 1 and it talked about pursuing wisdom last week. We talked about how it's, it's beautiful though for those that pursue it. Can I tell you something? When you pursue wisdom and you trust in God, you live in a place of peace. That the world cannot offer. Is that right? You can rest assured. How many ever had a really bad night's sleep? Anybody ever had a... Like, you got up every hour on the hour, almost to the minute. Isn't that weird how the body can do that? I did that the other day. I was getting up like almost every... It was like every two hours I was getting up. And it just messed me up. And, And sometimes it's every hour. And I'm like, why is this happening? You see... Sometimes we have things floating in our subconscious that messes with us. We have to be able to trust him. St. Patrick of Ireland is known for spreading the gospel to the Irish people. But many don't know this. During Patrick's time, Ireland was divided among small clans that often went to war with each other. And after spending all day fighting and fearing for their lives, the only way some of the Irishmen could sleep would be to drink until they passed out. The Irish people noticed how soundly Patrick slept. Patrick was constantly confronting kings and Druids, uh, Druid priests who feared and hated him. Yet he slept soundly like a person without fear. And they asked him, how do you sleep like that? And you know what we told him? Rest in the Lord. So many of you look for ways of, you know, I got to take this medicine. And listen, I'm not against medicine. I think sometimes we need medicine to rest, we need sleep, whatever. But can I tell you something? Sometimes the biggest problem we have is that we have so much running. Look at me for a moment. We have so much going through our heads, we don't give ourselves a fighting chance. And so the, 
the Proverbs begin, should begin, come to the surface where we start to say, you know, what are some things that I can learn and glean from Scripture? So each of my points come from each of the chapters here this morning. As we look at chapter 2, 3, and 4, each of my points come from each one of those chapters. Chapter 2 is my first point. And what I found chapter 2 to really speak to me about is chapter 2, verse 20, that you may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of his righteousness. And here's the thought. Own your walk. Own your walk. The first point is own your walk. In other words, nobody else could walk this Christian life for you, right? No one can live this life for you. If you want to follow Jesus, you need to follow Jesus. Nobody can do that for you. But not only that, it, the, the chap, chapter 2 also begins to talk about how we can walk every day in a way that would help us to own our walk. And so verse 7 of chapter 2 says, He is our shield. Verse 8 says, The Lord guards the path. And this is another verse I shared on Wednesday night with our prayer team. The Lord guards the path of justice and preserves the way of the saints. We had a great discussion about this. Can I tell you something? When you start to trust in God and pursue wisdom, you know what? He clears a path for you. He clears a path. Sometimes our path is so scattered. Sometimes our path is so muddied with the world. Sometimes our path is so tainted by, by, by things of our past. And we think, how do I navigate around this? Has anyone ever tried to get from one end of the room of your kids, your kids room to the other? And you feel like, I don't know what I'm about to step on. Because I'm not even sure there's a floor here. You know what I'm talking about? And God forbid you should step on a Lego. How many know what I'm talking about? You speak in all kinds of tongues and it's not scriptural. It's different, 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 right? Not biblical, not even spiritual. I'm telling you right now, you step on a Lego the wrong way. You might see Jesus and stars, angels. Lord, what did I just step on? I've been there. You ever try to walk from one end of the room to the other and you got to like clear a path? What is happening here? And then you realize, oh, wait, that's my room. (laughs) I caught you there, didn't I? You didn't see that coming. Blind spot. But the Lord clears a path. Sometimes our past is all over the place. Just like your kids' past Week. <laughs> All over the place, right? Here's Monday's shirt he wore. There's Tuesday's shirt. There's Wednesday's pants. All week scattered all over. But you, my friend, you do the same thing. Your week is scattered all over the place. And you're like, how, do I, how am I supposed to navigate life when I can't get from one side of the room in my life to the other? How can I get through this day? How can I get through this life? God clears a path for those that put their trust in him. He clears a path. He is your shield. He is your fortress. But not only that, you got to realize that he, you got you to gotta start owning this walk because nobody else could walk this thing for you. You with me? If the only time you open the Bible and you open the scriptures is when I tell you to open them on Sunday mornings or uh, a speaker here tells you open them up, there's a problem. If this is the only time you're fed, this is a problem. If this is the only time you hear the word of God, this is a problem. You need to be able to step outside of this and say, you know what? I got to be fed more than just on Sunday mornings. 
I got to be fed more than just, and that's how come life groups are so important. That's how come being a part of Wednesday night prayer is so important. There's so many options available to you. And I encourage you that once you own a mistake and you realize you've done mistakes, once you own a mistake, it cannot own you. When you own a mistake, it can't own you, right? Following Jesus will challenge your faith. That's, that's for sure. Following Jesus, Jesus will challenge your faith and take a good look at your life. And some people, that's why they don't want to take the word of God as their source. Because it corrects us. Give me just, give me a good, clean idea of how I could be just a little better without having to change my life. Tell me something I could do to be a better person, Pastor Tony. But don't raid my business. Don't get into my personal life. Don't talk about relationships or finances. Don't talk about anything that really does have spiritual connotations to it. Um, but just tell me a little thing I can just do a little better. Friend, that's not spiritual. That's not walking in the spirit. That's trying to fulfill the fleshly duties of religion. That's what that is. So I, I want to tell you something. Walking with God in your daily life validates what you believe. It doesn't matter what you say you believe. People look at your actions and that's what really they'll look at. And they'll say, this person really believes, right? So walking with Christ, owning your walk really does validate your faith. And you know what? It reflects on your church too. Can I tell you that? So if you want to live rebellious, don't tell them you go here. Just hold out on that part. Because we've been working really hard to create a community of people that really want to make a difference, right? I'm being, I'm being silly, but I'm part honest too. We realize that there are times we all, mis- we all make mistakes, right? I've been there. I've, been, I've made mistakes in my past and I go, man, you know, I could have really done that better. But God has prepared a path to clear a path so you can follow his will. Wisdom. What is wisdom? Well, wisdom is birthed in patience. And patience is birthed in prayer. I'll say that again. Wisdom is birthed in patience. Patience. What does that mean? Every single day of my life, I'm taking a nugget of truth into my life. Every single day. Wisdom is birthed in patience. Every single day. No, Pastor Tony, just tell me one thing I could do to be wise. And let's be done with this. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. By and large, wisdom is taken by patience and walking through the scriptures every day of your life. Listen, if you're looking for a remedy, a quick little, a, a little, can, can give me a little life hack. Can you give me a spiritual life hack so I can just kind of get through this part of my life? That's not how it works. Wisdom is birthed in patience and patience in prayer. I thought I'd get an amen, but I'll settle for that nod. Number two, remain loyal to what is right. Remain diligent and loyal to what is right. Chapter 3, verse 3 spoke to me on this, on this point. And it said this, May loyal love and truth not forsake you. May loyal love and truth not forsake you. God sees loyalty and faithfulness as very important. Just like you would your spouse, right? Just like you would somebody you're in a relationship with. Just like that loyalty and that faithfulness you'd want from them. More so does God require and look for from us. There is a love that comes from holding on to truth through difficult times. Right? How many have ever been through something with someone you love and you get stronger through it? 
You've been through some stuff, right? I don't know about you, but in my life, my marriage gets stronger and stronger the more stuff we go through. Because I realize that didn't break us, so this won't either. Right? The first one is always the most difficult one. The first thing that we truly go through that really tests you. I'm speaking about marriage. Let's, let me talk for a moment about marriage. Just for a moment. For me and my wife, when we first got married, we were kind of young. I was about 22. She was 20. And so when we got married, you know, there was still parts of our life we're trying to figure out. Right? We're trying to get comfortable in our own skin and figure out in life. You know, it doesn't always, you don't figure life out at 22. Right? So I didn't figure it out. I thought I did. I thought I had a good handle on it, but I didn't. And so we were trying to figure each other out, figure out marriage, trying to figure out how this all works. And, and so what I found that was one of the first thing that we approached and that headed right for us and we head on, took it on. And we were like, is this going to be the thing that breaks us? But we got through it. And then you think to yourself, we got through it. And then the next thing comes and you're like, you know what? This is tough. Wow, this is tougher than the last time. But guess what? The last time seemed pretty tough. And we got through that. So let me get through this. And then all of a sudden, we're through it again. And then the next thing comes up and we're like, wow, this thing's big. This thing's a struggle. How are we going to get? And then we think, God saw us through that. And God saw us through that. Surely he would get us through this. Are you... And so on and so forth. That's how you get stronger. That's how your love builds. And you know what? I love my wife more now 18 years later than I ever did before. Not because I'm like, oh, well, look at this guy. He's got it all together. No, we still mess things up. Got to get it right 18 years later. But guess what? We love each other and we stay loyal to each other. And loyalty will, will bring about that faithfulness and that faithful love to each other. Amen. That same thing happens in Scripture. That same thing happens with the Word of God. The more I remain loyal to reading His Word and getting into and learning wisdom, man, I don't want to be that way. The way I was, I don't want to be that way. I want to be loyal because consistent love is firm love. Consistent love is firm love. That's tweetable right there. Right? We consistently love each other. That consistency develops a firmness in our love toward the Lord as well. Chapter 3 recounts the benefits of wisdom. Each of us to keep wisdom safe. Hold it close. In other words, the things that you learn, those things didn't break you. They're here to make you stronger, right? And so, uh, no matter what we look at, uh, we're told that wisdom will keep us safe. Chapter 3, verse 23, right? And we will sleep sweetly because we will not be afraid. Didn't I just talk about that? Chapter 3, Verse 24 through 26. If you're taking notes, write this down. You need to learn this verse. You need to learn these verses. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24 to 26. Let's read that together. Chapter 3, verse 24 through 26. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will will keep your foot from being snared. That's a good promise right there. God will be there to be your source of peace when you want to fear. How many of you ever wrestled with a point in your life where you feared, uh, you went through a period of fear of whatever it may be? It could be anything. How many ever went through a fear phase? We call it a fear phase. Everyone went through a fear phase. I've been through that fear phase 
many times. I went through that fear phase. Ministerially-wise, uh, professional-wise, I went through that fear twice in my life. One, when we, when, we did, when we left a firm paycheck at a church, firm ministry, growing ministry at a church, to start a traveling ministry and depend on offerings. Have you ever collected an offering? I was in youth ministry at the time, and I would collect offerings. And I collect a $3.50 offering in youth ministry. I'm like, what is this? I put $5. Where did the other money go? How do we go? How do we show up with less? I Very quickly, I got scared. I'm going to live off of offerings? I said, God, but you're telling me to do this. I know it. So I went through this fear phase. God, I'm going to launch this thing. I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody knows me. Everybody thinks I'm related to Nikki Cruz. I'm going to ride that train until. But no, I never lied. For the, for the, for the record, I never lied and said I was. But, you know, I like nobody knows me. Who's going to have me at the church? And you know what? God opened door after door after door. And I saw God's faithfulness, right? And then just when I got comfortable enough, I, had, I think I had a good handle on it, right? He's like, okay, started church in Lewisburg. Wait, what? I just got I just got my feet wet here. Kind of got this thing figured out. That's the problem. Start a church over here and believe God for me. All right. Mm, believe God for it. Who's going to come? You know what? I stayed up late the night before and I woke up early. Why? Because I was like, who's going to show up? What if it's just my family? What if I'm preaching to my kids only? What if my wife is the only one to, to be in the room? fear phase we got over it and here we are right what i realize is that we all go through phases in our life but if we remain consistently faithful see a lot of us don't kind of redefine faithful according to each of our own ideas of what faithful means faithful to some of us means twice a week faithful to god means something very different right and if you tell your spouse listen i'm going to be faithful to you four times a week four times a week Baby, that's more the majority right there. I figured it out. Four is more than half of seven. And so most of the time I'm going to be faithful to you, baby. It's you and me, me and you. But the other three days, it's on me. Whatever I want to do. How many know that's not a marriage? That's a plead. And eventually a bleed. I'm just going to say that. I'm just gonna, that could become a bleed at some point. Right? That's not, a, that's not commitment. That's not loyalty. Loyalty to God may not always be immediate and may not always be recognized, but it always bears fruit. I'll say it again. Loyalty to God may not always be immediately recognized, but will always bear fruit. Amen? So remain loyal. That's what chapter uh, 3 spoke to me highly about. I encourage you to look at that chapter. And in chapter 4, as we move into this next thought and this uh, final thought here. Guard your heart. Chapter 4, verse 23. Let's turn there. Who's got their Bibles? Chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart. Here's what it says. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perverse, uh, perversity. Is that the right word there? Perversity? Keep corrupt. Talk far from your lips. That's not easy for some. 
Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. In other words, don't look back. Don't look to the side. Listen, church, if you're looking for a perfect church, don't look to your sides. Don't look behind you. Just look straight ahead. Because that's the only way you're going to find perfection at the cross. Are you hearing me? We can't look to our neighbor. I don't want to go to that church. This person's imperfect. That person's ignorant. That person's such a hypocrite. Listen, that's not why we go to church. We don't go to the gym because everyone's fit. That's why they're there. They're trying to get fit. We're trying to get it right. And nobody in this room has figured it all out, including me. And so I'm realizing i got to guard my heart. i got to stop looking to my right, looking to my left for somebody else for perfection. I'm looking toward the cross. I'm looking to guard my heart. For in it is the wellspring of life. i got to guard my heart. Why? Because the enemy would love nothing more than to sit on you and press you for all the things that you've done wrong. He wants to put all this pressure on you for all the mistakes you've ever done. How many of you sometimes have a hard time getting past your past? Here's the news. Good news for you. Ready? It's already in the past. Leave it there. Just don't keep bringing it up. A lot of times our biggest problem with dealing with our past is that we keep bringing it up. We keep carrying it to the front line. God says, listen, guard your heart. In it, it's a wellspring of life. Listen, life comes out of your heart when God is in it. But when God is not in it, there's a lot of stuff that comes out. How many ever said, where did that come from? You ever said something and you like, you said it. And then you're like, I could never get it back. You ever been there? And you were like, please don't go too far. And it already hit everybody in the room's ears. And you're like, yikes, that was not. Where did that come from? How many of you have asked that question to yourself? Where did that come from? Here's the answer. Are you ready? I'm going to blow your mind. It came from you. (laughs) It came from deep and the well of your heart. Why? Because we speak what is in there. That's why he says, guard your heart, because the enemy whispers, we hear it. It's not what you hear, it's what you obey that matters. We hear it, we accept it, we receive it, and we adopt it. And God says, stop adopting things that are not mine. Stop adopting things that are not from me. Because your heart is the one thing you can give God that nobody else can right? It's one of the things. Your praise is another one, right? But as far as you in your life, chapter four continues to talk about wisdom. And he says, listen, guard your heart. Listen, the the words, the word of God in chapter four said words like this, follow, listen, take hold, keep commands. Don't forget. That's the constant throughout chapter four. And we look at that. We go, what can we learn from it? What do we need to do? Well, we need to listen. We need to take hold. We need to keep the commands and we need to not forget. And so that's what really has struck me as important as we do these 31 days and sharing 31 scriptures, right? That's what's important. What's speaking to you? Because guess what? I'm not the only minister in this house. Every one of you have been called to minister to somebody. So this will be an opportunity to share something that God spoke to you with somebody that may need to hear that. What a wonderful opportunity to encourage each other. What a wonderful opportunity to grow as a body together, to guard your heart. And you know what? My job is to guard your heart too. I got to help you guard your heart. How do I do that? Watch what I say. I got to watch what I say because that could affect you. 
Just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it won't affect me, right? Well, you know, that's not a weakness for me. Well, what if it's a weakness for somebody else? Just because it's acceptable doesn't mean it's beneficial. What you say matters. What you say affects people's heart. What you say affects the people around you. And so wisdom is the most important thing we can pursue. God, and he constantly, again, chapter 1 alludes to that. And even the beginning of chapter 2. If you look at chapter 2, right in the beginning there, we look at um, the Proverbs of Solomon, chapter 1, by king of Israel. And then he goes into chapter 2 and he says this right in the beginning. He says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. And he goes on to wisdom. My son, my son, my son. Solomon's writing this and he's saying, listen, I want to give you some things that have helped me and let it help you. See, I have, a, I have kids that are growing right now. They're, you know, 12, 10, 7, going on 17. And, you know, we have this uh, kind of growing phase right now where... They're all understanding correction. They're all understanding the things that uh, they need to do. And so when I show them what we do, I tell them why we do it. Does that make sense? Don't just tell them what, but tell them why. And so that's, what, that's the big thing. So why do we do that? Well, let me tell you why. And sometimes I don't even wait for them to say why. I tell them why. Because instruction, that's the, and that's the same way Proverbs is for all of us. It's an amazing book. If you've never read through it, it tells you, here are the options. Here are the options. And so we continuously realize that wisdom, and these three thoughts came to me from Proverbs chapter 4. Wisdom holds the word of God at a premium. Wisdom holds the word of God at a premium. In other words, it's very important. The word of God is very important. Listen, the word of God is not just a side note. The word of God is not just an extra thing. The word of God is the thing. It's at a premium, right? Imagine 20, 30 years ago, buying Apple stock is very different than buying Apple stock today, right? Why? Because stock is at a premium, right? And so I'm not a stockholder. I'm not only even pretending to know that much about stocks, but I do realize one thing that the more successful the company comes, the more the stock raises, right? For each stock for that particular company, right? In the same way, you know, God is saying, listen, the word of God is not just a side penny stock. It's real premium stuff. If you can get a hold of it, if you can get riches and wisdom and learn from it, man, you are rich. See, I could, I could have $2 in my account and I've had that before. I can have $2 in my account you know what I'm talking about? And be the richest man because I have a family that I love and loves me. Friends around me that love and love me. A God who is, in my, who is in my heart and loves me unconditionally and I serve him. I don't care what the bank account says. I'm a rich man because rich, riches come in wisdom. Second thought is wisdom keeps you close to God's purposes. See, these, these, uh, these keys that are being offered in, in Proverbs... They keep you close to God's purpose for you. And third, wisdom doesn't allow the enemy access into the weak areas of your life. There are times that we get really, really sidetracked. How many have ever been really sidetracked? And you said, wow, I just really need a word from God right now, right? You ever been sidetracked? I've been there. 
where the word of God is, I need that wisdom. Well, let me tell you something. The wisdom tells us to hold on to the word. Wisdom keeps us close to him. And wisdom doesn't allow anything that is not of God access. That's wisdom. If you look throughout all of the scriptures as you read Proverbs, and I encourage you to read through Proverbs this month. Do it. Do it by by yourself. Do it with your loved one. Do it with your spouse, whoever. Read through it and realize what what is speaking to you. Here are the options. You have options. God didn't create a robot. You're not a robot. God wants you to love him by choice. Right? And so here's a thought. We realize that we often give our heart to the wrong thing. Is that right? We give our heart to the wrong things. If we do so, we reap the rewards of that. And there's not many rewards. So one of the biggest ways to guard our heart is simply this. Stop giving your heart back into the hands that broke it. Stop giving your heart into the hands of the world or someone that is consistently breaking it. It's impossible to create relationship if you, if you consistently put your heart in the hands of someone that's just not ready to receive it. Is that right? Your heart is a precious treasure and not everyone deserves it. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. You must fall in love with wisdom. Can I tell you something? I love finding a good book for $1.99 on Kindle. My goodness, it thrills my heart. My wife looked at the uh, statement the other day. She's like, there are five, one ninety nine. Did I think it hacked? There's like five charges for one ninety nine. I'm like, no, that was just a Kindle fix I got on the other day. Just bought a bunch of books. Ooh, that's good. Let's buy that. Let's buy that. I just love it. I love looking at different, different things and, and, and looking at different perspectives and learning And I encourage you to do the same. So let me kind of close with this thought here. Every wise decision we make. And again, the three points are simply this. Own your walk. Say it with me. Own my walk. Remain loyal. Guard your heart. Those are the three things right there that really speak to us. And so here's my thought to you as I begin to kind of put this in practical form. Every decision we make. You have a choice. Every decision we make brings us closer or further away from God. Jesus compares the house of the wise man to a house built upon rock. To show that biblical wisdom makes us stable. Listen, we talked about our not be shaken. A life that's not shaken owns their walk. A life that's not shaken is loyal. To the word of God and the things of God. A life that is not shaken decides in their own heart that they will, they will guard it and they will protect it. That is a life that's not shaken. That is a life that's not easily shaken. I said this to somebody the other day. I think it was Sammy. I said, she goes, she goes my Bible's all beat up. And I said, you know what? A Bible that's beat up shows a life that isn't. Have you ever seen that before? I've seen that little statement before. A Bible that's beat up shows a life that isn't. You know what I mean? You've gone through some things. You've looked through the scriptures and and you you probably got some things right. That doesn't mean you're perfect or you figured it all out. But you probably got some things right too. And so I realized we have to stand on a firm foundation. And that's the beauty of Proverbs. Amen? Proverbs teaches us that no one, no one, Expects a house to be completed after pouring the foundation. Right? You've never poured a foundation and said, we're done. You can move in now. Grab the furniture. No. Right? Well, you need to cut some wood and get some framing and other things done, right? In the same way, 
You need to get some other things done. Your firm foundation is in the word. And let God build that in your life. You with me? Let God build that. Can I encourage you to just take a moment here this morning and think about this. If the word of God is our foundation, what are we building after that? If the word of God is our foundation, what are we building on it? Because your family, your business, your relationships, your finances, all should be built on this, right? Most of the time, the answer is yes on that one. Right? It should be, right? But what happens is we think that it's all done just because we read it. That'd be like saying, I poured the foundation, the house is done. No, the foundation's there. I get it. Now we need to build on that. What does God want to do in you and through you? Now that the foundation's secure and we got it, what do we do from here? So I'm going to ask you right where you're at to just bow your heads in prayer right now. Let's just, let's just bow our heads across this room today. And as we come to this point, Lord, I thank you that you teach us the truth of Scripture. You teach us the truth of your word and you show us that outside of you there is no foundation worth standing on today i'm asking you god that every single project you're working on us with god that we would see it and we'd be willing to accept that project god that you're willing to work with us and teach us how to build on the foundation that is your word that we would be a people that own our walk so that our, our mistakes won't own us. That we would be a people who, who birth wisdom out of patience and prayer. God, that we would also remain loyal to what is right. Loyal to your word. Loyal to the things that matter. Become consistent and firm in our love to you. God, I'm asking you today. Let our loyalty show. God, I'm asking you today to help us to guard our heart. For in it is the wellspring of life. Jesus name maybe you're in this room today and you're thinking to yourself man I I haven't really fallen in love with wisdom I haven't really fallen in love with God his word is here for you and so I'm going to ask you if you're in this room maybe in some way right where you're at you're willing to stand with me and say you know what I realize I can probably own my walk better I realize that I can probably guard my heart better. I realize that I haven't quite been as loyal as I need to be. So help me, God. Maybe one of these areas are weak for you. You're not as loyal. You're not owning your walk. You're not guarding your heart, but you really, really want to. If that's you, stand to your feet. I want to pray a prayer here this morning. The worship team is going to sing a song in a moment. He brings life, he brings love, he brings hope to the darkness that sometimes sets itself on us. Can I tell you this? I'm going to open up the altars right now. If you're standing here or even if you haven't stood yet, I want to pray a prayer right now. And if at the end of that prayer you want to come on up here and just take a moment with God and say, God, I, I want to own my walk. I want to own this thing. I want to walk. I want to be loyal. I want to daily gather things so that my soul would walk in that firm foundation. Father, we give our heart to you. 
You are light. You are love. You are hope in the darkness. Help us to guard everything that we think is important. We know is important. And forsake the things that we think are important. But aren't. Great are you, Lord. We declare that today.